Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. Well, we're happy to be back with you this morning. Um, Eva and I, for those of you that don't know, we were in uh, South Carolina this past weekend with uh, Damie and Tammy. Um, did I say Damie? Sorry, Damon and Tammy, did I just say Thompson? Damon and Tammy Thompson. I hope he doesn't listen to this. My gosh, can't even say their names. We're joined, but I don't know your name. Um, <laughs> but we had a great time, a fantastic time. But one of the things that I just feel right now and I, and I felt while I was there was just such this, I, I love home. I love here. I love you. I love what we're a part of here. And, um, you know, sometimes I think that, like, you know, going somewhere like that, you know, for those of you, I know a lot of people now seem to follow Damon and the Carolina Revival, and he's got amazing revelation flowing out of him, and there's just, there is such a, uh, an amazing thing going on there in the Carolinas, and I love it. And, of course, right now we pray over them and declare uh, restoration to their, to their land there. Um, but, uh, but, there's, there's awesome things and there's a lot of works and a lot of ministries and things going on. And, and, and sometimes when you go, you almost expect, you get there, you get hyped or something. Like, I, you know, I kind of thought these, these are the thoughts I had going to South Carolina. That's the best way to put this. Is that I was going to go in there and I was going to be super excited about what was going on there. And, and maybe, maybe I'd want to, to try to do something like that here. And as soon as I walked in those doors, I realized, no, 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 no. I just want to have our own expression, and I know that I'm planted. What's that, Bill? I'm going to break this mic. I'm going to be upset. I, I can't. I don't know how to do it. You come do it. <laughs> I, mean, I bent it. Okay. Anyway, so... um. So yeah, I just, I, 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 but I was there and I just felt this, this overwhelming thankfulness for where I am planted. And I don't, uh, yeah, there's, there's some inspiring and amazing things that happened there that I want to share with you. And I'm, uh, but I, I just want to first say that I'm so excited to be here. Eva and I have talked about this. We're so excited to be here and to be part of you. And, and we're so excited about the expression Yahweh's giving us here at the Rock of Bay County and with this family. <clears throat> and so, and I think, I think, you know, uh, I've, I've heard this a lot many times in this short period of time that I've been in this is, is uh, there's like this among like leadership and ministry. I've heard a lot of people say, well, now that it's everything's so different and there's, there's YouTube and there's social media and there's all these different voices out there. How do you properly lead a people? And I'm like, well, first off, first off, you know, it, it, it's, <laughs> I'm just following him. You know, I've said this before, so we're fo- we are following, we're following the king, which makes us part of the kingdom. 
And, and what I really see is that we're, we're, we're part of a, a, a family here. And so, so I encourage you to, to listen. There's, there's other voices out there that speak to you and that, and that give you revelation. The, the problem that happens is we start to come in to a place like this and, we, and, we, and someone comes in and has their own expression that they've, they've got revelation from, from either listening to someone else or Yahweh just Holy Spirit speaking something to, to them that's real to them. And they come in and we all expect them to look just like we look like and there just becomes this this weird like everybody being the same in the kingdom and everything has to look exactly the same and everybody has to have the same words and everybody has to have the same expression and if they don't then it's wrong and I and I really think that it's that it's just it's become like we need to realize and recognize and understand that if you get something, if you have something in your heart or in, in, in your spirit that, that Yahweh's revealed to you, um, it's, not, it's not for you to come here and to try to mold everybody into to, to doing what you do or expressing it how you express it or, or who has the best revelation on a certain topic or what angle do you see this from, but rather what it is is it's permission for you to be you in a place called family. You know, I'm so, I'm so much different than, than Mary Catherine. We're polar opposites, that's for sure. She's looking at me like, heck yeah. And I am with Sarah Beth as well. But we're family and there is a common union, as my brother Benjamin always speaks about, between us. So I say that just to kind of preface, as I talk about things, when I, when I, when I share, when we come back from something like this or whatever, don't ever take my heart or I speak about something a, a Bill Johnson or a Damon Thompson says or an Aaron Smith or whatever else, um, that I'm not, I'm not trying to take that to mold that into what we are here. Because I really, I just want the expression of this family. That's what I want. I want to see the true expression of us being us. And that is going to be the best thing that we could do in Bay County because that's why we're here. And I, and I, I want to honor Trisha this morning because of that. She is a very good, to me, example. And there's many examples, but I know her really well. And we talk about this so I can pick on her. But, you know, she, she is very connected with uh, Ian Clayton and Nest and, uh, and the Rockmobile and their expression there. And, uh, and, and it looks really way different than, than what I'm normal, I'm used to, even though they're my friends and maybe you're used to. But what Trisha does every single Sunday is she comes up to me afterwards and she just says, I'm so thankful to be here. But then she also comes up here and she'll trade on the sea of glass and she'll, she'll bring in her tallit and she'll do different things. And Benjamin actually is the same way. Like he, he flows and he's, I'm always worried with this equipment that we bought that it's about to get broken. Because he takes his guitar. I mean, today he was worshiping. I noticed he wasn't even plugged in for a little while. Chris had to go back there and plug him in like, what are you doing? <laughs> But there's this beautiful expression of the kingdom when we realize that all we have to do is be who Yahweh created us to be. That we can be joined as a family and be completely different. And I just, and I, just I love this. And I, and I, want, and I want you to, I, you know, whenever I speak, I say this many times. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a leader in this house, right? But, but I'm not speaking to you for you to take what I say and just like, man, that, that's right. I'm going to go talk to someone else and tell them that they have to hear it this way or they have to see it this way and that's it. No, what I want you to do is take what, what Holy Spirit is speaking to you through what I'm speaking and let it just mold you and create you and push you back into a further understanding and remembrance of who you really are in this family. 
And that gives us so much freedom within the kingdom. You know, many of us love the kingdom and we forget about the king. And then some of us love the king and forget about the kingdom. This kingdom family that has been established by our apostle. And, um, and so that's really been stirring in me. So, um, again, I, I'm, start, I'm realizing my, like, the startup to what I have to say is, is always about longer than what I have to say. Um. But so South Carolina, Eva, I don't know if you have, I'm just going to say this real quick, and if throughout this service or when I'm speaking you have anything that you want to share um, as it relates to that trip, feel free to grab a microphone and come up here and say it and stop me whenever. Unless I'm in a really, really good flow, then don't mess it up, all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but one of the things that Damon has, uh, those of you that know our story during this call and everything that Damon has always been to me um, is, is I always say that he's almost like permission for me. He, there was something in his voice that always permitted me to hear what I was hearing in a time that it wasn't necessarily, uh, I didn't really understand it. And I was in this kind of weird place and I was trying to figure some things out and Yeshua was starting to show up in my life in such a powerful and anointed and amazing way. And I was receiving all of this stuff from him. And, uh, and I, was, I was writing a lot at the time, and uh, I've, I've told bits and pieces of the story, but, um, you know, many of you were a part of it anyways. But there was an, there was an encounter I had with my grandfather, um, and, and, and uh, Apostle Aaron Smith was here. It was an amazing service. A lot of things happened there, but he had me share. And when I came down off of the platform after sharing that, because Apostle Aaron had asked me to do it, I, I, I heard one name. And this is the weirdest thing, because I know Damon. I've always known of him, but... I, he, his relate, he's always, I'll be careful here because I'm not going to try to <laughs> tell on him, but it's basically his relationship with Apostle Aaron has been different. He's always been joined to him, but he's kind of had to find his way. And I've heard stuff, I've heard Apostle Aaron at times, the last thing I remember hearing about Damon at the time was, oh yeah, you know, we'll hear from Damon when he pops his head up for air. So I didn't know if that was good, bad, whatever, um, but, uh, but it's, it's really cool in Damon's story. But so whenever I came off the platform and the only name I could hear was Damon Thompson and Apostle Aaron comes off the stage and immediately approaches me right over here and he says, what are you hearing? And I said, I don't know. Give me a second. <laughs> and I just held on to this thing and the name just kept coming back. I started to listen to some things. I was telling Eva multiple times. Y'all know the story. I've told Eva to the point where she was like, would you please, please God, just call Apostle Aaron and stop telling me every single day that you're hearing this name, Damon Thompson, and that you're listening to the thing. Just, just get, see what it is. And so I did, and there was, it, there's something that flew out, fl- flowed out of this. But it was, it was the, what makes that story wild is the fact that this, what's happening now, was not even anywhere, anywhere of the realm of possibilities or thinking this or anything else. And so as I started to, as an apostle Aaron said, yes, you need to start listening to him and press into that thing. And I started to listen to his podcast and I didn't have anybody else that was listening to him at the time. I just, I didn't hear it from anybody else except Holy Spirit is a really, really weird, strange thing that happened. And I, and it, but as I was hearing him, it was literally, I was, I was seeing what I had written down and it, the next podcast I'd listen to would be about that. And the next podcast would be about the next thing I wrote. And, and it was basically uh, Holy Spirit using Damon as, as, a, as, as a man to give me permission, as a father to give me permission in a time that I didn't even know that I needed the permission to hear what I was hearing. And um, I know some of this isn't going to make sense, so I'm just, I'm just speaking right now. So just, just go with me. But 
Um, so Damon and, and, uh, and Tammy absolutely blessed us so much and honored us. And we felt at first it was awkward and then it was just overwhelmed. Um, they told us two things whenever he, he had told me coming into this thing. And one thing that he's, I've always heard about Carolina Revival is that it is in the middle of nowhere. You've probably heard that if you know what I'm talking about. Like this place that we went to was in the middle of nowhere, which I'll just be honest with you, I believed it. I, I didn't think it wouldn't be like out there in the middle of nowhere, but not like nowhere. <laughs> I figured it was like, you know, something was close by. And so we're driving in from Atlanta. Am I lying? My mom went with us. Thank you, mom, for watching the boys. Oh, my gosh, that let us be able. We tried we tried on Sunday to bring them with us, and that was a disaster. So we thank you, Mom. Thank you so much for letting us do what we had to do. Um, anyways, but so, uh, but so we get, we're, we're driving from Atlanta because we went there to get kind of break up the trip, and we had to do some things in Atlanta, and it was on a Friday. We're driving trying to make it. Well, of course, we get stuck in all kinds of ridiculous traffic on the way there, and it's like, you know, stress city trying to get there, trying to find our hotel, and we're driving in just like, well, this it's kind of a little town here. And we get to our hotel, nice hotel, it's fine. It doesn't look like there's much around. Actually, the town that we stayed in was really cool, but it is literally, I'm not joking when I say this. It says 21 or 25 miles from the church, the building that we're going to. But put that into perspective as you drive through a bunch of cow town, like, nothingness. Like, Eva and I, we, we get to our hotel. It takes you 45 minutes from any hotel to get to this place. And so Eva and I are driving and, and we're, you know, all of a sudden that stress and that like anxiety starts to go away. Now I know y'all think I'm about to say something spiritual here, like we're getting close and we just, the proximity and we just flows and it just washed off of us and all this kind of stuff. You know, we were texting Kristen, which is Damon's sister, who was helping us so much and they, they had a seat for us. So like, we'll sit on the floor, we don't care. They had a seat for us. We're all this anxiety and I thought, and, and, but really what I'm, what I'm saying, the reason that all the anxiety and everything flooded away is because it was replaced with, are we in the twilight zone right now? This is the weirdest place, like, that we're driving through. And I, I genuinely thought my GPS, I mean, did I not? I was like, my GPS is, le I know what I heard. I know what they told. This is, there's no way that what I've seen going on is happening in this place. But sure enough, here we drive up and we get to this place. And it's it literally the feeling when we step out of there is like a, like a retreat, like a youth retreat or something like that. It's this little chapel in the middle of nowhere. Did I mention it's in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere? And we, and we go up to this chapel and there's just, I mean, we're, we're 30 minutes late to this thing. Just go ahead and, sorry, sorry for the representation of the Rock Bay County. Uh, but but uh, we get there like 30 minutes late and we're, we're coming in and we're having to like step over people and we're feeling super awkward just because we're like, oh man, we should be the ones like sitting here. They were here for like three hours before service started and here we come 30 minutes late and we go and we sit in our seat and it's just an amazing flood for me of permission that I start to hear some things again, that something starts to get revitalized in me and, and Yahweh starts speaking to me about getting off of my defensive position. And taking an offensive approach to the words he's saying. And what I mean by that and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm talking about is my dad is, this is a, the, the best example. One of the things I remember about, I talk a lot about how he, uh, how he um, was my soccer coach when I was growing up and everything. And I, 
But he, what he would do is we would be down like 3-0, which in soccer is like, let's go ahead, get mom, bring the pizza snacks over here and some juice boxes. As a kid, we're heading out, you know, like this is over with. But we'd be down 3-0 and we'd be like, man, you know, it'd be like halftime. Dad, like, can we please play some defense? Can we please get back? Just let me come off the front. I know this is probably not going to help the team, but let me go back and play defense. Let's do something. Like, let's get off of offense. And he'd always say to me, he'd say, the best defense is a great offense. And he said, we're not going to play their game. Because if, if even if you're on defense, but I, I, what I'm saying, and, and, and let me... It's hard for me to explain what, I'm, what, I, what this meant because I don't mean that I was in necessarily defensive of anything or anyone, but it's defensive of like, you probably have seen me in here. Like I run around like a chicken with his head cut off trying to like, oh, wait, we got the lights this and this, that, and the other. And that's not the sound exactly that I want. And throughout the week, I'm, I'm hearing everybody's, you know, uh, uh, ideas and things that they need to, that they think this should, we should do here or whatever else. And I want to please everybody. And I want everybody to be here. And I want this family to stay together. And I want, and I want, and I want, and I want. And, and Yahweh is just literally saying to me, hush. Like, seriously, just hush, just be still in the rest and let me take care of it. Just sit and get in this flow and let me, he let me speak to you. Just let me speak to you. Get off that defensive mindset that it is my job to keep everything out of the goal, to stop the other team or anybody else from scoring on us or whatever else. And just, just do what I called you to do, which is focus on one thing, one goal, and that is me. And I started to just hear this as I'm, as I'm sitting there. I mean, right when I walked in and I'm just, I'm worshiping and I'm flooded with these feelings and I'm, but, but what's weird is, is I felt home. But not home like, man, this is family. Like I'm, oh man, this is family. Like I literally felt home like, like I was here, standing right here, as comfortable as I feel right now among all of you. And you might think I don't feel very comfortable. I feel comfortable right here with you. I do. As comfortable as I felt right here, that's what I felt there. I felt home. I felt home. And that was when Yahweh just started to speak to me. I, he just started to show me this thing and, and why I love, I've always loved this place. This is my home. And, and not, not this physical location because this physical location has always been my home. And anytime that I've left, you could ask like my, my, my parents and, and Eva. It's like anytime that I've not been here, all I wanted to do was be here. So the, the physical location, but I'm talking about right here. I'm talking about with you. And I know that I don't know everybody so well and perfect. I'm not talking about that. And I want to get to know you more. That's great. All that stuff is great. But we do have this common union, Ben. We do. What's the word? But what is the word? Quanonia. As I say, he's, he's all about it. He's, he tells me. the American National Spelling Bee. Koinonia was the word. That's Yahweh saying, hint, hint, lean in. <laughs> Do I got to come down literally and be God and tell you that? Or can you go ahead and perceive what I'm showing you, that the national word of the year is koinonia? See. Oh, my, my. Is the mic on? No, it's not. I'm about to have to sit down, man. Sit down or run through a wall, one of the two. I'm not sure which one it is yet. Whew. But this man heralded that a year ago. And, or, or he's been doing it throughout this year. And I sat there and I'm like, 
I got it. Like, like what, I, I'm just, let me be real. Like sometimes Ben will say something and do it and it sounds good. I'm like, whatever, I don't get that. I'm like, I don't. But, I, but, but, but that doesn't mean anything because what, what happens is I trust him because I have common union with him and I believe in Ben and I know him and he's part of my family. And so when he says something, I don't just go, eh, you know, whatever. Like I don't understand it. No, I usually write those things down in my notebook and just watch them come to pass. So, uh, so anyways, I, I just want, I want to this morning just celebrate the diversity of this family. And, and being there just made me feel more intact with that here, that I love who we are. I love that we're multi-generational, that, you know, that we, that we, it's not just about the young. I say this all the time, but I just, I rejoice that we are here together. I'm thankful to be with you. I'm thankful for those that have added. I think, I'm thankful for those that have gone, that are, that are finding their own way. I'm th- just thankful to be here and be a part. Amen. Eva, did you have anything that you wanted to say? Yeah, about the, the trip. You don't have to. I'm just saying, did you? I can't hear you. What? That was the most confusing. How dare you? It's not that I want to make you say anything. I just didn't know if you wanted to share any experience that you had. I have some more things, but they're tied into what I'm saying this morning. So, Blue mic? Where's my sound? Oh, they're downstairs. Now they walk around with iPads. It's crazy. Blue mic? There it is. Okay. Um, well, just whenever we went there, I was so, so thankful to be, well, honestly, when we first were going, Okay. When we were first going there, I was thinking, oh, man, like with the kids, it's just hard. We're driving eight hours. They're going to be, you know, difficult to deal with because eight-hour trips, kids always are. And I just, I was like, oh, just stress. I was so thankful to be there. It really just gave us a chance to, you know, let it all flow off of us, which we do here anyway. But just receive and receive from somebody that we trust and somebody that we, you know, are joined to is such a great thing. And so while I was there, I didn't have my kids with me and Ellen was watching them. And I, and I knew that there was something more that I have not yet received. And whenever I was down there worshiping, Yahweh told me I was standing there and, and, and not that he, he works with us different. It's not like he's going to tell you to do this, but he told me to, to get down on my knees. And I haven't done that in a long time. I don't re- usually do that. And I just didn't really want to. And I was like looking around. And I was like, I just don't want this to be like an awkward thing. Like, I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. I don't want to get stepped on. I thought I'd be stepped on because there were so many people. There's a lot of people. And as, you know, what? I said there is a lot of There's people. There's a lot That's of people. I just felt like people concern. would trip over me. I felt like it would be this awkward thing for me to do. And I was just like, well, maybe I just didn't hear it, right? I'm just going to keep on worshiping. And, and so, um, <laughs> so I just, I went over to Mark, and I was hugging him, and, and he was just in tears, sobbing. And, and while I was just holding on to him, and I was like, yeah, well, I want even more of you. You know, there should always be a hunger. If you stopped having a hunger, there's a problem, you know. Mm-hmm. Even if you're full, keep having that hunger. Keep asking him for more. And that's kind of where I was because I've had encounters with him. I've had experiences with him. And I also dwell, he dwells with me every day. But there's more, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know of anybody here that's walking around healing everybody like Yeshua did. I don't see anybody here or anywhere in the world that's, that's literally living the, the exact life how Yeshua lived. And so there is more if you're not there. And, 
And also, he said that greater work shall we do. So we should be even more. So I'm just saying, never feel like you got it. Never feel like you are, well, you know, I'm, I'm good. I've got my, you know, Holy Ghost in me, and we're walking this thing out, and my life's good. You should always have that hunger. So anyway, so I was asking Yahweh, I was just holding Mark, and I was like, Yahweh, I want even more of you. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't even kneel for me when I told you to. And I was like, oh, God, you're right. And this was like within like just a couple minutes, you know, that that happened. But I was like, he, I was like, Mark, I got to let you go, you know, because he's like gripping me. And, and so I was like, um, Mark, I, I got to I gotta let you go. I got to kneel. And he's like, what? And I was like, I got to kneel because <laughs> it was so loud in there. And so I just kneeled and I just felt this like, Release, And I felt there's, okay, so there's just a little bit. I don't know if anybody has this, but if this does, I hope this helps. Even when I let myself go to Yahweh, even whenever I press into Yahweh, I still have always had, it's like almost this little cement blockade around my heart just to keep me, just to keep me good. Like, I got this. I'm under control. I got it together. Like, I can, you know, whatever. And I just felt that starting to crumble. And I was saying, Yahweh, just more of you. I want to be that, vul- that vulnerability that I started to feel at the beginning of this year with the bridge run, whenever I felt like I was becoming vulnerable to the sun again and, and my heart was softening to, to my son, Frank, but also the son, that vulnerability, I wanted more of that because I know, I've, like I've said here before on this stage, the more vulnerable you are to him, the stronger you are in him. Mm. And so get rid of that barrier that you have. And so I just started to feel that it was like almost like this cement, like dry desert thing crumbling. And not that I've, you got to understand, it's not that I haven't had passion for Yahweh. It's not that I haven't been walking with him, but there's always been something, just, just another degree, just a degree of separation there that just to keep me together, keep me polished, whatever the case may be. And I was just like, you know what, get rid of that. I don't want that another day longer. And so I felt that just breaking away. And after that, I just felt this fire on my heart. And I just felt like Yahweh, Yahweh wants that and more. In no way am I saying that that is, you know, there is more and I'm looking forward to that. And I kept telling Yahweh, you know, that the songs were starting to die down. And I just, you know, that was, that part of me was almost like, okay, well now I got to get it back together again because the songs are stopping. I got to be, you know, and I was like, you know what? No, they can, you know, stop me when the time is right. Yahweh, I want more of you. I don't want this to end, this presence, this, this thing that I have with you right now. And I don't want it to end when I leave this room. I want it to be every single day, this fire, this acknowledging that not only are you with me, you are in me. And I just have to engage you at every moment, you know, whether I'm, you know, with the, with the baby, or whether I'm driving in the car, whether I'm making dinner, whether I'm, you know, praying and prophesying, whatever the case may be, let me just acknowledge you, that you are in me. You want your will to be done more than I want your will to be done. And so I just felt that. And then whenever we left, you know, we barely even, when we left that place, we were like, no words. I can't really, I can tell you what I, some of the things I saw, some of the things that Yahweh um, showed me, but really the, the, and it was not even, I mean, the lights were on in there. It wasn't even, it was that the hunger of the people there made a draw, helped us make a draw. And I, I see that in us. I was like, Mark, we've got people like that. We've, the the hearts of this people, if they've made it through the last few years, they've got hearts on fire for Yahweh. They want more. You know, we just have to start engaging that. We have to start, start drawing that out of ourselves and, and one, with one another, you know, let that be here as it was there. Yeah. And so, you know, but it was just, it was just such a, 
wonderful thing to be a part of, to know that there was absolutely not one agenda in that place, not one person, you know, standing around judging, trying to, you know, see what they can tear down in that moment. They all traveled from all over. One person was from South Africa. One person was from Spain, all over the United States. They all came just to be a part, to be a part. They were joined to that house. They were, you know, wanted to to be be there and and get the most that they could out of it, but also to give at the same time. And that was what ministered to me the most. And just to tear down whatever degree of blockade you have between you and Yahweh, just tear that down. When you feel yourself pressing in and there's something holding you back, say, Yahweh, I give that to you. I don't want that in my life. I want to go further in you. I want to go further, further, further in you every single day of my life. And so that's the main thing that ministered to me. And I was so thankful that we got to go. I, I think that it was important for us as, you know, having this leadership role in this house that we never asked for, we're never trained for as far as like in the natural, like, you know, I think it was so important for us to have that. And he spoke a lot to leadership and stuff like that and, and what that means and what, you know, cause we are, we are in this and we're going to be accountable for it one day. So we want to make sure to always steward that right and, and to, right. um, to do what Yahweh wants us to do. So Amen. I wasn't oh, trying to take it from you. I was just, yeah, I'll take it. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, well, if you will, uh, th- there's something that Yahweh's been showing me, and I want to jump into that real quick. Um, if you, I just about said it again. If you will, turn with me. In your, just turn with me into your Bibles uh, to um, Luke 840. And I, y'all know I read a lot out of the Passion Translation, so that's what I'm reading, but we have it up here, I'm pretty sure, so um, it should be pretty close. <clears throat> So, and, and let me, the reason I'm reading this is this is what Yahweh showed me this week because there's a specific kind of topic he's been speaking to me about. And during uh, praise and worship one night, Damon got up and talked about a song and he said something about a, a, um, this basically like, um, what is the end of the story? I'm trying to remember what the words of the song were. Um, I can't quite remember, but basically that, the, that, you know, she's, she's not dead, she's only sleeping, um, that story, and, and it just pushed me to go look some more at it, and what Yahweh did, there's, he, there's two stories within this, and actually, speaking of Damon, he has an amazing revelation on the actual two stories, but that's not really what Yahweh showed me whenever I was looking into this, what I, what I'm, what he's showing me is the, is the, uh, is the, the crossing of these two stories, the, the union of these two stories. And so I, I just want to speak to you out of this real quick, and, um, and we'll just see what Yahweh has. So, uh, so this is uh, Luke eight forty, and says, When Yeshua returned to Galilee, the crowds were overjoyed, for they had been waiting for him to arrive. Just then a man named Jairus, the leader of a local Jewish congregation, fell before Yeshua's feet. He desperately begged him to come and heal his 12-year-old daughter his only child, because she was at the point of death. Yeshua started to go with him to his home to see her, but a large crowd surrounded him. In the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered greatly for 12 years from slow bleeding. Even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Yeshua and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly, her bleeding stopped and she was healed. Yeshua suddenly stopped and said to his disciples, someone touch me, who is it? Uh, while they all denied it, Peter pointed out, Master, everyone is touching you, trying to get close to you. The crowds are so thick, we can't, 
We can't walk through all of these people without being jostled. Yeshua replied, yes, I felt, I felt power surge through me. Someone touched me to be healed, and they received their healing. When the woman re- realized that, sh- that she couldn't hide any longer, she came and fell trembling at Yeshua's feet. Before the entire crowd, she declared, I was desperate to touch you, Yeshua, uh, for I knew if I could just touch even the fringe of your robe, I would be healed. And Yeshua responded, beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go with my peace. Now, there's so much in both of those stories, right? Like, you can just get wrecked right here of reading just that as it pertains to you and everything else. And like I said, you know, if you ever talk to my mom about Damon, she'll tell you, you need to go listen to the woman with the issue of blood uh, revelation. It's amazing. She always tells everybody. I hear her right now saying that. But uh, what, what I'm, what I'm uh, hearing and what I've been seeing with these is the, is the, the two stories intersecting here. So as I always do, let's get in our little time machine and let's go to Galilee almost 2,000 years ago or over 2,000 years ago. And I just want to be in this story for a moment because that's just how I see things. These things come alive to me. And so Jairus, the father in this story, is really our leading character for me. And he's, he's got a 12-year-old daughter. And she's at the point of death. So she has not yet died, but she is at the point of death, right? And so he's a, he's a, 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 he has a congregation. He's a, he's a Jewish leader. Like, he's probably respected. He's, and and his, his daughter is at the point of death. And he, and, he, and he runs to Yeshua. And he goes and he gets him. And he's, and he's asking him to heal. He knows his faith is there that, he can, that Yeshua will heal this girl, his daughter. And she's 12, She's 12. That's his only daughter. I, I want you to just, just like we read, I'm telling you, we read these things and we just go right past them. Whether you have kids or not, just think she is 12-year-old, little princess, baby girl, laying in a bed at the point of death. And think about that father's heart in that moment. Just think about that. That just... Just get yourself there so you can understand what happens. So he goes to Yeshua, and he's got him. And just think now about when he gets to Yeshua, that feeling of just peace and joy and like, thank God I got to him. I know there's a lot of people that are excited to see him, but thank you, Yeshua, that I finally got to you. Because I know, I know you can make her, you can heal her. I know it. And as he's walking through this crowd, all of a sudden, the, he, Yeshua stops. And I can just tell you from having my, my boys that if I, am, if I am desperate for my son to be healed and, and the healer stops, I'm having a tough time immediately. No matter how much faith I have, there's just a natural, I'm having a tough time. Like, no, 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 you, she's at the point of death. I didn't say she was sick. I didn't say that she just had a little bit of an issue. I said she's at the point of death. Time is of the essence. I might only have a little bit of time to be with my daughter. And if you aren't going to get there to heal her, I'd rather spend her last breath with me than sit here dealing with this other woman who's had an issue for 12 years. And so, like, I just, I, I, I think about this thing, and I, and I thought, and really, Yahweh brought me to this, 
this story that whenever uh, Frank was just a little baby, he was like three or four months, and I've told this story before, but um, I believe, but he, uh, but he had a, Eva and I started to notice a lump um, in his groin area, and we, and we, it just kept been getting bigger and bigger and more noticeable, and I tried to just play it off like it'll go away. Yeah, yeah, and so, and he, but he started to really get in pain. He would scream, and I can still, like, I mean, I really, if I think about that time, I really, I remember, because Frank was so chill at the time, and he's just three months old, and then I'd pick him up, and all of a sudden, he'd scream, and it was so loud and so piercing, much like his brother screams just for whatever. (laughs) I can still hear the scream, because I literally hear it every day, Um, but, uh, but so I, uh, but so, you know, he just, he was in pain and, and then we did our whole WebMD thing and it's, you know, like I always joke about it's, you know, either in 24 hours this will be gone or 24 hours he'll be gone. You never know. Either or. That's about what the internet will tell you there. And so we're freaking out and we're nervous and we don't, we don't know what to do. But I, but I, you know, I, I decided, I said, we got to go to the doctor. We're going to the ER right now. We get him loaded up and we go. And I was like, no, we got to stop by the church first to go up to apostle's office. And we just, we just, we need him to, to pray for him and all this kind of stuff. And so we get him loaded up and we go and we get up, we get upstairs and apostle sits down in his chair. And he's like, well, praise you, Yahweh. Amen. You know, I'll tell you, um, I used to, uh, back in the day, and starts going off on a story. And my baby's screaming. And I'm nervous as I can. WebMD just told me he might be gone in 24 hours. All right? An apostle, the sea of glass of all sea of glasses, is chilling and just sits back in his chair and I'm like, mm-mm, nope, I'm going to be daddy here. And I start standing up, and he's just like, you did, let me just, <laughs> let me ask you this. Do you think whenever I stood up, Apostle's mannerisms changed at all? <laughs> nope. Kept doing what he was doing. I literally, I'm picking up him. I'm like, okay, yep, and I'm trying to get in there. I'm trying to get in there. He's like, just keeps going with his story. And eventually, eventually what happens is Apostle just, he looks at me, and he goes, well, y'all are going to go, and uh, I, I bless y'all, and he, he puts his hands on Frank, and he bless, I love you, y'all, uh, you, you go, and, and, I, and, I, and I love you, and I said, all right, let's go, loaded him up in the car, we went, did the whole ER thing, Frank did have to have surgery, but it was nothing major, it was not a big deal, um, it was a big deal to us, but it wasn't a big deal, it was a common thing, Frank was fine, um, but that always has stuck with me. Because I realized, what did I do? Did I go there to get healing? Nah. I went there to check a box. Because that's what we've done. And I, and I, and it's tough today because I'm, listen, my dad's a doctor. My father-in-law's a doctor. I'm not against doctors in any way, shape, or form. I thank Yahweh for them. But my, my thing is, is that our mentality comes into this place of something along the way goes from a Jairus who is, who says my only source, the only chance at this point in time is Yeshua. And our thing going to, I'm going to check a box real quick and then I'm going to, and then I, but then I'm going to do my thing. And I just, I I really, I've been in this thing of like, 
what if, like Eva was just saying, like, you know, there's more. She's not trying to, sometimes I have to like rein Eva back because she will give it to you and like tell you straight up. But what she's saying is like, there is more, not because just that we, we aren't living right. It's just that there, he's always available. And until we start walking in a Bible-sized type encounter, like why, why would we ever stop? And I just really believe that what Yeshua is showing us now is that there is availability through this family. So let me get back to the story. So, um, so what happens is, is Jairus comes along and this, this woman comes. And here's the thing that's crazy is in, un, in, in other, uh, other parts of this story, if you read it in Matthew and Mark, it actually says that Yeshua stops and says, I felt power leave my body. So now we got a real problem if you're Jairus. Because not only did this woman who's been dealing with this issue for 12 years, 12 years, just one more day, just ple- like chill, just come, I, I'll, I will put a good word in for you and everything, just wait a moment. And she comes up and touches him and then she hides from it and, and Yeshua says, wait a second, I just felt power leave my body. So like, are you talking about the power that's going to heal my daughter? Like what are we talking about here? For real, like, I mean, like, I'm like, Yeshua, what do you mean you felt power leave your body? Yeah, where is it? But you notice, this is what speaks to me, and here I'm getting to the, I'm getting to what I'm, what I want to talk about real quick, is, is that, is that Jairus, there is not that response. It doesn't say much about anything he does. In in fact, uh, it, it, it doesn't. He doesn't speak in this moment. Jairus just lets it go. Now, Peter speaks, right, Chris? He, Peter's going to speak. Um, but like, like Peter speaks up and he says something, but Jairus just sits there and you know what he's going through. And that's why I'm trying to take you there and realize so that you understand the impact of what's going on in this man's life. And so, but what happens is, is so this woman comes, she's been dealing with it. Yeshua goes and says that she received her healing and he says, in many translations, how we know it to be just common to us is, is your faith made you well. Your faith has made you well, go in my peace. But what Yahweh started to show me is that it's not just, it's not just that, uh, that, that, that her faith, her faith made, made her well. But it was also Jairus' response that made her well. And it's also her response that made Jairus' daughter live. And we'll keep going in the story in a moment, but, but Yahweh started to show me about what, what is the importance of a gathering? What is the importance of a family? What is the importance of what Apostle did, which is absolutely amazing that we have this revelation that we stand on and he's given, and, and, and he kind of, he, he, we say he laid the foundation for us to build upon, right? Yes. But he also, one of the greatest things that I think Apostle has done for this house is that he established a family. That he rooted us and planted us into a new land that he wasn't even going to see in the natural. And I'm starting to see not just the importance of us gathering together, but what the idea of communion and common union and and what we have together. Because what Jairus and what this woman with the issue of blood had in common was Yeshua. Their faith in Yeshua. And if you can see the difference, if, if the woman with the issue of blood didn't have Jairus in her story, Jairus is, I hope I'm explaining this. I, I feel like I'm trying to get this out, but just, just track with me for a moment. Jairus 
I always looked at this story and I thought, well, yeah, you know, he got to sit there and because his response, he was, you know, faithful and he just didn't say anything. And then what happened, him seeing the healing gave him faith to believe for healing for his daughter. But actually, if you think about it, Jairus' faith in the very beginning was the reason that he was walking with Yeshua through that crowd. And so what happens is as a family, I believe that our, that our stories start to become each other's stories and we start to be linked in and rooted and planted into the same well that we pull from. And so a Robert Allen's healing of, of, of cancer becomes our permission and our announcement that ours is coming as well. He's not here, but... but Zach's girlfriend, Olivia, has some things. And, and, and I believe that as she has chosen to come into this family, now Robert Allen's story becomes her story. And other, of you, uh, other people in here that need healing, I believe that we need to look at our family, that Yahweh has brought us together and say, we are of the same source. I think of my boys whenever Frank is hungry and I have food, which is very rare, but I have food and I'm telling him he has to eat. But they're over there playing. I can hear him playing. And I say, Frank, bite. Frank usually is like, oh, God. But here comes Leo. Little chubby Leo comes running around the corner. He's ready because he knows that I'm not going to give Frank something I won't give him unless it's something that will harm him. And I just started to see this, like, flow of the family in the common union. And you know what common union or communion actually means is it's intimacy. It's sharing something. It's actually intercourse but it's not like we use that word in an intimate way, but what intercourses, our courses are intersecting. And we start to see that, that what is available in a family is not, we're not, no longer are we sitting around just like, Yahweh, heal me, Yahweh, heal me, Yahweh, heal me, Yahweh, Yahweh, heal me, Yahweh, heal me. But we come in here and we worship and all of a sudden someone gets up and says, I just finally had my breakthrough. And you say, yes, yes, because now mine is coming too, because my family that I'm joined to is experiencing these things. And I just believe that as we come into faith together, we don't have to rely on our own singular faith and our own story and it's not good where does the hopelessness come come from a lot of times it comes from seclusion when you pluck yourself out of the family when you start to hide your things when you start to step away from the family that's been rooted in you and instead you start to step in back in and say man you know what I I, want to be a part of a family you know what I want to be I want to be here not because of church but I want to be here because of a family that I that I man man (laughs) Yes. And so their courses are intersecting. So I had this, uh, I had this vision. I've had two. I've had three, actually, if you count the one I had before. And I'm not necessarily this vision dreamer type thing. You know, I've always seen vision, but I see vision for, like, business ideas or whatever. But I'm talking about literal visions that all of a sudden Holy Spirit's starting to awaken in me and show me some things. And many of you know about the story, the, the vision I had uh, a few months ago of the table and the, the, the laying, the, the taking, the making the, the tablecloth, the white linen, just flipping it, clearing that table. And I believe that as we started to come and he started to invite us to that table, that our hope started to be restored. And I know that in a lot of us that there has been like a, a restoring of this hope that Apostle Paul talked about, but that we are starting to experience as a family. 
for those that are tapping into it. Now, I'm not saying that there's not situations, but that there's some hope starting to be restored, and it's still available, and we are invited to this table. What I saw just recently, though, over the past couple of days, is I saw Yeshua say, okay, he's sitting at this table, and he rolls out this map with nothing on it. So we've got a blank tablecloth with Yeshua, and we've got a map with nothing on it. Now, now let me tell you my, my second vision that I had in South Carolina when I'm sitting here and Eva's talking about this tears running down my face and all this kind of stuff, what was going on, is I had this vision, and this vision was that uh, I was looking at a field, and it was beautiful, but it was in black and white. It was, there was hills going through it, and it was just, I was like looking down at it, and there was these cliffs and this water, just, it was just very dramatic and like just really cool looking. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. And he said, I've brought you to this land. And I knew that that land was, was my land. I knew that, I actually knew that he was speaking to me about this house and that this land is, is our land. But what happened is I was just like, I, I wasn't, honestly, I wasn't even caught up in the fact that I was seeing this in black and white. Didn't, it wasn't weird to me. I was in awe. I was amazed by what was going on and what I was seeing. And there was not really a desire to see it in anything other than black and white. But all of a sudden, I see off in the distance a figure step forward, which I knew was Yeshua. And as soon as he stepped on the ground, I started to see vivid, vibrant, beautiful colors. And every, all of a sudden, I started to hear sounds. I started to hear the waves crashing. And everything became so vivid and clear in my path and in, in this new land that I've stepped into because he has come. And I just, I see this for the Rock of Bay County. I know that seems little, it almost seems little when I say the Rock of Bay County. Like when I talk, what I'm saying for this family, for this gathering, for this people that, that Yeshua has come into the picture and is starting to make things so vibrant and so clear in our lives. That that is what's becoming to be available for us. And the second thing that he started to show me as I'm there is he said, he started to say, you know, here, here's what happens now on this land. What do you do with it? And then let me ask you this. Well, if you're in a new place that's been given to you, where's the road go? What do you call it? What do you name the land? How does it get named? And I was like, whatever I call it, that's right. That's right, whatever, whatever you call your situation, whatever you call this land today, whatever street you want to name, you get to name that street. I brought you into something that no one else has ever been to. And if you see it as, as what, what Apostle Paul got us to and where we are right now, I don't know of anybody else. No one else. There might be, but I don't know of anybody else. And I don't know of anybody else that is entering into the land that we're entering into and so if you can see it as a family when we come together, we are starting to come to a place where, and what do I say by name my streets or name? I'm talking about naming, naming your situation in your land. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about like literally saying like, 
uh, like, you know what? I, you know what? I speak over my boys' joy and peace and knowing. And we start to say, you know what? I, I, speak, I speak life into a situation that seems dead because I start to realize that Christ is, in with, is, is within me and that's the hope of glory and that is the hope for my family. And he's given us this authority that as, as priests, as we have entered into this place of common union with Yeshua, we are starting to now walk as kings and start to speak over our situation in a new grace and a new anointing than we've ever seen. And these aren't just words. So if you think this is simple, if you think this is something that I just got together to try to say it, then you're missing the point. This isn't simple. But it's easy. And what the confirmation that came with this, because that sometimes it does just seem like words. Sometimes it does just like, Okay, Yahweh, that seems powerful, but what does that mean? How does that look? And, and he just said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to confirm that for you. And I didn't even see this until later. Eva and I got stopped by this, this lady on the way out. And she says, uh, when we were leaving one of the meetings, I think it was like the second night, and she, stops, she stops us and she says, hey, so tell us about Apostle Ball. Tell us about, you know, Shirley Ball. Tell us about, you know, uh, we were actually there for your ordination. And we're like, you were? And she was like, yeah, we were. And he, her daughter's right there with her. And she said, you know, we, we just, we never knew uh, much about him except through what Damon has spoken and how much he honors him and everything else. But she just said, you know, one thing that we did and that always reminds us of an apostle, even though that we don't know him, is we have this land and, and we have this, this, uh, this, this little body of water on it. And we, and we have a street thing that goes around and people come out and run it and, and, and we walk it all the time. And we named it Joy Circle. We named it Joy Circle, and, and I said, I know about Joy Circle because I grew up playing with my friend Chad, you know, and, and, and splashing in the water with Ben and Uncle Mark and, and Chad and, and, and being there running around their house, and I remember Joy Circle. I said, yeah, I grew up in Joy Circle, and, and I remember Miss Shirley coming out and cutting us some popsicles, and we had those in the pool. So it was just, it's a, it's a vivid memory. I love that. I love, and I just, and I started to see that, like Yahweh said, yes, remember how Apostle showed up to that land and named it Joy Circle. And I just, and I, man, it spoke, it spoke something to me and, wo- and awoke something in me about this thing, that this is not just some vision, but really we are coming into a place of authority within our own lives as a family, but not, not separate, separated from each other. But joined together. That there's a point to us getting together. That there's a point for us gathering. That there's a point for us knowing each other. And there is a common union that I will get into more as, as, as the weeks go on that I really believe. But we're having communion on that Wednesday night. Not, not as a ceremony, just like I didn't have my boy come up here and be a part of a ceremony. But he's redeeming some things. And there's a, there's a point to us coming together and there's a point for this thing to start to flood through us. And there's some hope that's being restored and there's hope that's been restored and there's some, there's some new things coming to this place and to our lands and to our own situation. And things that you never could see breakthrough in, I believe, are coming right now. And I don't say that because I'm trying to expire, inspire you and hype you up. I'm saying that because of what Yahweh is showing me today. I just want to rejoice with us this morning and what we're about to do and what we're about to walk into. And this is the thing, hear me now, and, and, and just take this the right way, all right? But I believe 
what can happen and what has happened and, and, and well, I don't know that it has happened, but I'm just saying there's a propensity for it to happen, is it was very easy at a time for us to receive from a father, right? Like when Apostle Paul, he, and he would say some things that were like, ah, but we, because we, we trusted him, because we trusted the Father, we trusted who he was to us, we trusted his voice in our lives because we trusted everything that we had seen and that we had made the decision to be joined and submitted to a man. That when he said something a little off the wall or said something that was prophetic that didn't quite make sense or he kind of, he got us or it just, it rubbed us the wrong way, we said, you know what, but, but that's the Father in my life. But now what happens that the father's gone in the natural, right? When, when, um, and, and just hear me. Just close your eyes and close your ears off to anything else except for just understand my heart when I say this. But what happens when, 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 the, father, when the father isn't, is no longer naturally present right here? And it's not naturally the words that we hear. And, it's not, and now, now it's a family. Does the family get taken apart? Do we become less family because the father's not present here? No. And can we still receive from a brother or a sister? And I'm not just talking about me. But what I see is when we come into a new land and things are starting, people are starting to try to plant something. And someone like Sandy comes and brings a word of, I don't like to say it anymore because I, you keep telling me that I'm saying it wrong. Ezer, Ezer, Ezer. Okay, we'll just, just, I'll just go with how I say it. Azer Konegdo, and we have a question about it. Well, we're sitting there with our, with, our, with, our, uh, with our shovel ready to pluck that thing up before it even gets planted. And it's the spirit of, it's the spirit of Cain. It's my brother got ahead of me. Nope. My brother got ahead of me. I need to kill it. The Father's not present. I'm not letting this one get ahead of me. And it starts to be, and I'm talking prophetically because I trust that this isn't going on here. I just want us to understand what the family really is. And you guys can go ahead and start playing whenever you're ready. Um, but, 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 I, but I start to see that, this, that this, spirit, this spirit comes in that goes, that says, you know what? I, 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 I see what you're saying, but you're my brother and you're my sister, and I can't receive that the same way there. So instead of us sitting here and saying, like, let me make a draw off of what's, what's being said, and instead of saying, like, like let me just see if, this, if there's some life in this, and, and instead of just saying, like, oh, Benjamin brought a prophetic word, and I, that's kind of weird. I don't quite get that. Instead of going out there with your shears and your shovels, you start letting this city be planted that will bear fruit. As a family, I want us to come together and realize, my man, I do not, I want, I want, I, when, I see, when I see Zach start a new business, I don't go, man, ooh, that's a bad, you're starting a real estate brokerage company in Panama City, Florida, are you serious? No, I say, man, I speak over that thing and I say there's breakthrough and that thing's the biggest, biggest brokerage we've ever seen that he just rises up and, and things just start to flow and that man's a rich man because that's my brother. And whether I know you super well or I, or I, or I just kinda know you or we just kinda know each, other's, each other, we, we're, we're a family. We are a family, every one of us, we are. 
And we do have common union in Christ, in the Christ within us, and he planted us here. And so I want you to start to realize that as as things happen with Eva and I, it is permission and it is announcement that it's going to start happening for all of us. And when things start happening for you and revelation starts flowing from you or things start happening in your business or your health or anything else, or you just start to receive the hope, we can rejoice together knowing that that same hope is available to us. And we don't have to be worried about what our situation looks like at this current state. Because as Bill Johnson says about cancer, he says, you know that Yeshua is not, is not having full faith for you know, stage one cancer, but whenever it gets to stage four, he's like, oh, I gotta start praying harder now. Like he is the source from which we all draw from and he is our well and, and, we, and we are going to start as a family, I believe, to see true, real healing. Not because that's our focus, our focus is our relationship with Yeshua, but I see the real coming in this family. As we join together and we say, you know what, I choose, I choose not to go, not to say like because of this day of, of grace and this kingdom age, which gives you, as my brother says, as it gives you almost this idea for people to say, well, then I can kind of be one foot in, one foot out, and come when I want to and do what I want to. But instead we say, man, no, 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 I want to make a draw off of my family, not off of a man. I don't want to look like him. I don't want to sound like him. I don't want to hear just take everything that he says and that's what becomes me, but because I can be myself in this family that I can be vulnerable, as Damon says, vulnerable, not susceptible, but I can be vulnerable to to my family. It brings a whole new meaning to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. So what I wanna do this morning, just to, we'll wrap this thing up and, uh, but will you stand with me? Man, I feel like now people like, they see this thing starting to, well, I'm about to, Mark's about to do something at the end, so go ahead and check out real quick. But trust me, this is, I think this is important. So if you, and listen, vulnerable, not susceptible, vulnerable, not susceptible, vulnerable, not susceptible, like we are going to be vulnerable to each, if there is just a shred or an ounce or a little bit of hopelessness in your life, if there is a little bit or a shred of something that needs to be healed in your life, if there's something with your job or you need an answer or something going on in your life, I want you to just, trust me, we're family here. I want to, I want you to gather right here. Come right now. Shred of hopelessness. It could be for your family. It could be for you. If the, it does not matter. And it does not have to be ever. Don't listen, listen to me. I'm, I'm about the real, right? Because we're not gonna get breakthrough with the fake. Gather all around here. And hey, listen, everybody that does not, that does not, that does not have this, you're also gonna be a part of this because we're a family. So don't get too comfortable. And if you don't wanna be, you can check out right now. But everybody else, I want you to come over to this, to this area right here, starting right here with this front chair, starting right here where I'm standing, where this is, I want you to stand right here on this side. If you can, if you can't, if it, if it, uh, if you can't get over to the place or you have any kind of issue or whatever, we can come to you. But, but I want you to come right over here, this side. Stay all the, all the way down here. Just keep pushing down. That's okay. Just keep pushing down. This again. Let me just reiterate. This side over here. This side over here is dealing with something that they want to see breakthrough in, in their, in their bodies, in their lives, whatever that might, might be. This is, this is that side. This side right here is, is the family that's believing for the, the breakthrough to happen. 
and that they are going to, they're going to rejoice with those who rejoice as we see these things take place, right? That's what this side is. So now what I want this side to do, let's get this together. We're going to make two lines, stand across from somebody. So one side over here, separate, look, be across from someone. So like, like this, like, okay, like this. There we go. We're working together here. It's starting to happen. It's starting to flow. We got it. People know what I'm talking about even when I'm not clear at all. All right, now what I want y'all to do is I want to lift our hands in a prayer arc here. And I want you to start to release your faith. And I want you to start to, to rise up and just declare whatever comes out of you. I want you to let that thing flow. And I want you to see belief. And I want you to see your family run through here this arc and believe for healing and believe for breakthrough. And I want you to rejoice with those who are rejoicing because we are going to see healing in this day that we've never seen. We're going to see breakthrough in this day that we've never seen. And band, I want you to go. I want you to flow. Y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? Go for it. Bill, turn them up. Crank this thing. Let's go. Let's let's get excited. Let's worship. Let there not be a shred. Let there not be a shred of hopelessness. Let there be true healing that comes through this situation. Let as they receive the healing, they give the healing. That they receive the hope, they give the hope. That this thing is that we don't desire to walk in faith, church, whatever, but because we're a part of a family, you've given us something, and we're going to partake of that something. So I just want to invite you, invite you, let's walk through together. This is our family. Walk through, rejoice, rejoice. Yes, yes, Hope restored, hope restored through Christ in us, through Christ in us, the hope of glory, through Christ in us, the hope of breakthrough, through Christ in us, hope, hope is restored, through Christ in us, real healing, your hopeless situation that might have been for 12 years, you might be a 12 year old, it does not matter, it's the same thing that 2,000 years ago happened, can happen today with Him available in us, amen, come on, rejoice as you go through, come on, you know, Thank you for family, Yahweh. Thank you for rooting us together.
us as a people that are joined together. We rejoice with you, Yahweh. And we rejoice for the healing. We rejoice for the hope that you brought us. Yes, amen. Yes, 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 yes. Freely he's given. Freely he's given. Freely he's given. And let me say this last thing. He who the sun sets free is what? Not part of the way, not a little bit, not 12-step program, but today you receive the healing. Today you receive the anointing. Today you receive the hope. Amen. Amen. Go, people of the Rock of Bay County, people of the family of Bay County, let it be rooted in you that you are a part here and that you are a family here with me and me with you. And you are free to be whoever you are called to be. Amen. Yes. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org or give us a call at 850-785-7625.